Thank you for joining the podcast of East Bay Bible Fellowship. We're located at 1361 High Street in the city of Alameda, California. For more information and service times, please visit our website at ebbfellowship.com. That's ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless.
praise this to see Hallelujah. I believe that as we're praising his greatness to heal us, his greatness to deliver us, his greatness to set us free. Hallelujah, Jesus. Turn around and shake somebody's hand and give them a great big God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, as you're standing, amen, we're going to take up our offering for tonight. And then we have a few announcements and we're going to get right into the preaching. Amen. God bless you as you give. Give as unto the Lord. Amen. And uh, get out and uh, shake a few people's hands. to open up the scripture reading for tonight, that'd be awesome. Um, we, we're going to cover a lot of ground here tonight, and, uh, and then we'll probably wrap it up uh, uh, sometime after uh, the new year, the last... Le- Don't forget, uh, beginning in January, our midweek services will now be on Wednesdays, same time, just a different, uh, different day. So Wednesday nights will now be church. Uh, last but not least, um, uh, there is no service... Next Thursday. Next Thursday, there's no service. There is service this Sunday. Uh, 11 a.m. English, 1.30 Spanish. Come and celebrate the birth of Jesus. <laughs> no, it's not bilingual. No, there will be English at 11, Spanish at 1.30. All right. Joshua 2 and 8, who wants to read? Amen. Sister Ruiz. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. <coughs> Oh, keep going. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Everyone say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Last week we kind of started off on Joshua uh, modeling uh, himself spiritually uh, after Moses. And um, now we have arrived, we're still in the very early chapters of the book, and um, we have arrived to the place where Joshua um, has assumed leadership over Israel. Joshua chapter 1 begins with the famous words that my servant Moses is now dead. Um, but Joshua's leadership uh, is faced with several uh, difficult tasks. But God assures Joshua from the very onset, and if someone has this, Joshua 1, 6 through 9, God assures Joshua from the very onset that conquering the lands, amen, isn't as important as conquering his inner fears. Right. Who has Joshua 1, 6 and 9? Brother Jesse. Be strong and of good courage. 
For unto this people shalt thou divide for inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. All right, now given these three verses, I think that it's pretty safe to assume that if God is telling Joshua, be strong, be courageous, be of good courage, be brave, it is because these are precisely the things he's going to struggle with. Amen. Uh, we always read these verses, and I don't know about yourself, well, I'll say for myself, I used to read these verses and assume that this is who Joshua is, but this is probably who Joshua struggles with being. Um, and so God tells Joshua, listen, you're going to take the lands, you're going to have great victory, but remember, be courageous, be strong, be valiant, don't be afraid. Amen. And when God speaks, uh, and actually when you look throughout all of Scripture, you'll notice this pattern. God will usually preemptively move on us and begin to tell us to be a certain way because He knows we are going to struggle with being that way. Can you say amen? amen. Now, the, the casual reader, uh, for the casual reader, it may seem counterproductive that God is telling Joshua to be brave rather than telling him to be smart, punctual, attentive to details, and a good planner. Especially when you consider that Joshua must not only prepare to move millions of people across the desert, but also be prepared to spontaneously engage in warfare. It goes without saying, however, that if we heed God's prescription for success, and this is the only time you find the word success in the Bible, that if we take God's prescription for success, freedom from fear... Everyone say fear. Yeah. Freedom from fear means everything. Right. Do not expect to be successful and fearful at the same time. Yeah. Do not expect to have great victories, yeah. amen, and be afraid at the same time. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We at some point or another, God is going to expect us to overcome, amen, the, 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 the obstacle of fear. For Israel, the need to mobilize and militarize is secondary to the need to observe all that Moses has commanded them. As Joshua and the Israelites will discover, it doesn't matter how good you fight if God is not in your corner. And this is why God never tells the Israelites, at least in Joshua, He never tells them, this is how you throw a rock, this is how you throw a spear, this is how you hold your shield. Because it doesn't matter how good you are at fighting if God's not fighting for you. Amen, hallelujah. And Joshua and the Israelites... Uh, as you read through this book and as we read through it, you will see, amen, that a lot of times they were ready for war. They were strapped. They were strong. Yeah. But they were, not on, they were not in obedience and in compliance with yeah. God. And their, their preparations meant nothing. Yeah. Their strength and their prowess meant nothing because God was not in their corner. And one of the more perplexing aspects of this entire journey through the wilderness and into the promised land is that God decides to place fear in the heart of the people surrounding the Israelites. And God assures the Israelites and Joshua that this is a good thing, that this is a blessing. And uh, let's, let's, let's see this. God speaks this twice. 
Deuteronomy 11.25, and then Joshua 1 and 5. I'll read Deuteronomy uh, 11.25. If you have Joshua still, uh, I need someone to take Joshua 1 and 5. Listen here. Uh, In Deuteronomy 11.25, There shall no man be able to stand before you. For the Lord your God shall lay the fear. Everyone say fear. fear. The fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon as he hath said unto you. Who has Joshua 1 and 5? Sister Harris. Amen. So there you see God repeating himself. Uh, That's good. And he tells them two two times. He tells the Israelites two times. These are two different generations. But he tells them, I'm going to put the fear of you in the hearts of people. Now this sounds great, right? Like it sounds like a good idea. I mean, who doesn't want... Who doesn't want to be feared? You know, like, at least if you're out there in the wilderness and you're going to be fighting people and you got to, you know, you, you might encounter all kinds of uh, shady characters. You'd think like, yeah, this is a great idea. God is going to make everybody afraid of us. Uh, and that is until you consider that fear produces several unsavory responses in people. Um, we, we might think that when people are afraid, they, they, they run off. Well, that's not the only way fear expresses itself. Fear is like that white light that goes through the prism and it comes out on the other end several different colors. Uh, Fear can produce anxiety. Fear can produce anger. Fear can produce revenge, greed, paranoia, thirst for power, and last but certainly not least, extreme types of hostility. Not everyone responds to fear by running. Some people respond uh, to fear by attacking. This is what psychologists call the fight or flight mechanism. When some people get afraid, uh, they're not going to run from you. They're going to run towards you. And uh, this is exactly what happens. This is what's happening right now in our world. People are afraid of this little country called Israel, the size of the state of Massachusetts, that makes up less than, I think, 1% of the world's population. But people just don't want it to grow. People don't want it to have any more authority. And I understand I'm not here to make political statements, but I do want you to know that uh, uh, when, when we become afraid of somebody or of a group, of a people group, uh, we, we could react in very hostile ways. Amen. Uh, it doesn't always manifest itself in such clear-cut patterns. So, in fact, so destructive and so unpredictable is our behavior under the influence of fear that God instructs us uh, uh, to only exercise fear towards him. So on uh, uh, Matthew uh, 10, 28, we all know it. Jesus says, don't fear men or what they can do to you. Fear God only. That's, that's how unpredictable. That's how hairy. That's how, that's how messy fear can get that God says, you know what? I don't even want you exercising it towards people, towards anything. If you're going to be afraid, be afraid of me, and that's it. Don't be afraid of your boss. Don't be afraid of your parents. Don't be afraid of your coworkers. Don't be afraid of the people on the street. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of your brother, your sister. Don't be afraid of the bully. Don't be afraid of whoever. Amen. You can be nervous. Praise God. Uh, You can avoid, but but don't be afraid. Hallelujah. Be afraid of God, and that's it. Somebody say amen. Uh, In the case of Israel, much of the fear that people feel towards them does, in fact, uh, have this reaction of hostility. Uh, Considering... All this, I can think a few things more unconventional and challenging than trusting that the unpredictable and aggressive fear that other people are feeling, amen, is going to work in their favor. God tells Joshua, 
trust me, Joshua, everything's going to work out good. Everyone's going to be afraid of you. <laughs> and, uh, and Joshua, more than anybody, and as well as the Israelites, they understand, like, man, fear doesn't make everybody respond the same way. But God says, don't worry, I'm working a whole lot harder behind the scenes than you think. And this, this, this idea uh, that I'm going to give you favor and put fear in the hearts of others, this will work, amen, uh, on your behalf. Now, in our text that we just read, Joshua 2, uh, this is exactly what's going on. Uh, Rahab uh, is the woman speaking uh, in the verse that we read uh, for our opening. Uh, there is a woman called Rahab, a prostitute in the city of Jericho. She tells the Israelites, uh, and in this case, there are two spies who Joshua has sent out to the land of Jericho. Uh, and this is one of the similarities in, in, in the Bible between Joshua and Moses, is that they both send out spies. Um, the, really, the proper word in Hebrew is scout. Uh, you know, we think of spies, we think of these guys with like magnifying glasses and, you know, detective-like people. But um, actually, the word here is scouts or surveyors. Uh, so they are, they are there to go survey and to scout out the land. Um, and uh, this woman, they, they come into the city. And uh, this woman named Rahab, who was a prostitute, lived at the entrance of the city. Uh, she lived inside of a wall. Um, and they, 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 they cross her path first. She invites them into her house. And uh, she tells them that they know, her people, the people of Jericho know, that God is with the Israelites. This is a truth which has even trickled all the way down to the lowest rung of society. And not to sound vulgar or, or crash, but uh, if the prostitute knows, everybody knows. That means the information is now uh, citywide. Everyone knows from, from the poorest of the poor to the most uh, uh, high-grade person. They all know that uh, uh, to fear the Israelites... Isn't it amazing how many lies we tell ourselves about God's role in the lives of the people around us? We, like the, uh, we, like the spies, are often shocked to discover just how much God has been working outside the church. These spies, undoubtedly, when they got to this uh, prostitute's house, thought, man, this, this lady knows more about us than we know about ourselves. This lady's well, way more informed, amen, than, than we thought. They were. Amen. Um, and I'm telling you right now, and, and I'm going to get to a much broader point here in this lesson tonight, but I think it's amazing sometimes if we will just get out there, amen, and survey the land, amen, for revival, you'll be shocked to find out how much God has been working outside the doors of East Bay, amen. You'll be shocked how much God is doing right now outside this place, hallelujah. You'll be shocked to find out how much God works, amen, in the midnight hour, in the wee hours of the morning, on Friday nights, on Saturdays, amen, hallelujah. Even in the hearts of Rahab, hallelujah. Even in the hearts of kings and kings and queens, hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Our blindness to God's work in the world is in large part due to our fear. We're the ones that are afraid. The fear, the fear that we experience impairs our faith. And worst of all, it slows down our obedience to the Great Commission. Joshua and Jesus, and, and we discussed this a little bit uh, last week, how that Joshua is actually the English version via the Greek 
of the name Jesus. But so we could say Jesus and Jesus. But uh, Joshua and Jesus uh, have this similarity, this same thing about sending out uh, uh, men two by two. Amen. And we also talked a few weeks ago about. Amen. The witness, how one is never enough. Amen. And so God sends out two by two. He always does this. Amen. But uh, Joshua and Jesus send out people in twos. And in both cases, in the book of Joshua, as well as in the case of the disciples in the Bible, they, uh, the sent out ones, these sent out men, uh, 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 are always shocked to discover that the people they've been sent to, that God's already been working on them a long, long time. Amen. And that these people in many cases already have glimpses and flashes, amen, of God in their life, amen. These people are already feeling God working on them. These people are already developing a fear of God in their heart. These people have already been hearing from God, amen, And uh, in the wee hours of the night, hallelujah. And as you'll see later in the book of Joshua, Rahab and her whole family actually uh, will come under the covenant and the blessing of God. In fact, later, thousands of years later, the writer in the book of Hebrews uh, uh, will laud uh, 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 Rahab as an example of what it means to live by faith. Yeah. And then later the Apostle James will even go as far as to uh, uh, use Rahab as an example to somebody who was able to harmonize faith and works in order to produce salvation right. in her life. And if that were not enough, Matthew in the first chapter of his gospel in verse number five says that Rahab is the ancestral woman. Amen. In the tree, uh, uh, in the ancestral tree uh, of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah. Rahab didn't. Amen. Rahab started developing a fear in her heart of God and that fear of God got her in the covenant of God and that fear of God kept her and her family saved and that fear of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Produced salvation and that fear of God. Amen. Put her in the family tree of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. We are here today. Amen. Because there was a God that was working in Jericho before an Israelite ever stepped foot in there. Amen. And I'm, I'm going somewhere with this tonight. Amen. But I want you to know that whoever you think, amen, you need to talk to, God's already been talking to them a long time. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe that before you talk to Caesar tomorrow, God's talking to him today. Hallelujah. I believe, hallelujah, that before we talk to James, God's already been talking to James. Hallelujah. I believe that whoever we reach out to, amen, this week, next week, amen, next year, hallelujah, we're going to be shocked to discover that God's already been behind enemy lines. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I want us to personally make it a point. I want us to personally make it a point to obey the very simple commandment of Jesus to go. Everyone say go. I want you to go to your family. I want you to go to your friends. I want you to go to the stranger. I want you to go to the backslider and engage them. Hallelujah. With long-term plans. Hallelujah. Just engage them with the mentality that I am ready. Amen. To do this conversation, this Bible study, this prayer thing, this, this fellowship thing with you for as long as it takes. Hallelujah. I'm, 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 I'm ready to meet with you. Amen. Once a week, twice a week. I am ready to pray for you from here until I see you sitting on the pew. Amen. Worshiping Jesus. Amen. I, I think a lot of times, you know, and I don't, I don't really have anything against it. I understand. I get it. But you know, uh, it's 
seems these days that Bible studies are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And we're trying to figure out how to have a 60 second Bible study and a 10 minute Bible study. Uh, You know what? When you go, just show up and let them know this is going to be a long term thing. I don't know what you thought. Hallelujah. But I care so much about you. Hallelujah. I love you so much. Amen. That I'm here for the long run. Hallelujah. And if you'll just give God a chance. Amen. God will do a wonderful work in your life. Hallelujah. I think. Amen. I I don't think I'm alone in being able to raise my hand and say I was one to God in a long Bible study. Hallelujah. I was one to God. And a long Bible study. And I'm so glad that the first time, amen, they showed up to my house, they didn't show up with a 60-second Bible study. They showed up with a big old chart and put it in front of my television. Hallelujah. And it was go time. Hallelujah. It's go time. Hallelujah. Amen. This means, this also means, go also means that we will give the people in our life that we are going to priority. Amen. And we all have friends. And this is going to sound harsh. Amen. But, but let, me, let me just, let me give you the biggest bird's eye view I can so that you don't think I'm just being fanatical, though I'm being fanatical. Uh, Jesus is coming soon, people. Our world is in, our world is, is, is spinning. But, but, but giving Jesus, but, 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 but having a go attitude means that when I have to choose, amen, and I'm speaking to myself. That when I have to choose, amen, what to do with uh, some free time, what to do with, uh, with, uh, with some of my, my, my leisure moments, I am going to opt to try to get a hold of that person I've been going to. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, I love all of you. Hallelujah. But we all know the talk. We all know the hallelujah. We all know, amen, uh, what peanut butter tastes like. Hallelujah. We all know that. Hallelujah. And, uh, and, and, and I think... I think we've all patted each other's back enough. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's, and that's not a bad thing. There's times we're going to need each other. Amen. And I'm, I'm game for that. Hallelujah. I'm all for that. But Jesus is coming soon. And there's a lot of things that got to get in the ark. There's a lot of things. Amen. There's a lot of people. Hallelujah. That we got to get on the salvation train. Amen. Amen. I, I'm, not, I'm not here to be on the gravy train. I'm here to get people on the glory train. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Praise God. I want us to believe the words of Jesus in John 4 and 35 when he tells us not to say, not to say, after four months comes the harvest. Jesus tells his disciples, amen, not to say four months and then comes the harvest. In fact, Jesus makes this statement immediately after spending a significant amount of time talking to a woman much like Rahab. Jesus is talking to this woman who we know her as the woman at the well. And he's talking to this woman about her personal life. And he's treating her with a level of dignity that had rarely been afforded to her before. This dignifying of this marginalized woman results in her gathering everyone she could to come hear Jesus teach. When Jesus sees the groups of people coming out of the city, he looks at them. And then he looks at his disciples and he says, the fields are white. The fields are white. Now, on the surface, what he's, he, what he is referring to, you know, when wheat, before wheat is ready uh, to be uh, 
sifted and, 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 and made into bread. It, you know, before it's ripe, it's green. It's like a light green color. But when, when the wheat is ripe and it's ready and meant to be harvested, it's white. And Jesus sees all these people coming. And Jesus sees this woman, amen, and all the people she's gathering. And he looks at his disciples and he looks at this woman and he looks at all the people and he says, the harvest is ready. Now in the minds of, of the disciples, Jesus was making no sense. And you might say, why is he making no sense? Well, how could there be a harvest in under four months? Amen. In fact, we minimum four months. And Jesus says, don't say there's four months. It's ready now. And they, they, the disciples themselves, uh, this is an agricultural people. They said, there's no such thing as a right now harvest. There's, there's, there's no seed we know of. That you put in the ground and you could harvest a few seconds later. Oh, well, there is a seed. It's called the gospel. Hallelujah. It's called Bible study. Amen. It's called evangelism. It's called the spirit of God. It's called the, it's called the living word. Hallelujah. It, I mean, I'm telling you right now, this gospel, your, your testimony, amen, your Bible studies. I want you, I, if there's going to be days, your Bible studies, my Bible studies, there's even days, amen, a service in, in the middle of the week might seem just a little dry, but I'm telling you, I come to the pulpit every time knowing, you know what, this word is going to work, amen. This word is a living word, hallelujah. It does the miraculous. It brings forth harvest, amen, overnight. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. God had already been working on the Samaritans. And we know this because when Jesus begins to talk to her, she's very theologically informed. I mean, her and Jesus, here's this woman who like you would think, when did you ever have time to read the Bible with as many husbands as you have? And then she knows about Jacob and she knows about worship and she knows about God and she knows all these she knows all these biblical things. You know why? Because God had already been working. Amen. God, she, perhaps some of it she didn't have right and Jesus even told her so. Amen. But that, but that doesn't change the fact that God had already been working on her a long time. She just needed somebody to come fill in the gaps. She just needed somebody to come take in that harvest. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to take it serious when you leave this place. Hallelujah. I want you to take the words of Jesus serious where he said, there, uh, do not say there are four months. Do not tell yourself revival is coming. Do not tell yourself, amen, uh, amen, that just a little bit more and we're going to, we're, we, it's here. Yes. Yes. It's here. It's now. Revival is in the present. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? I'm almost done. I want us to understand how important our report is. I want you to understand how important your report is. Uh, I'm sure uh, uh, both my in-laws worked for PG&E for years. And there's a lot of days they have to do scouting. And there was days I know Brother Silva, he worked for the city of Hayward as well. There's a lot of scouting involved. And the reports you bring back back at the end of the day, those are important. And uh, those are important reports. And uh, I want you to know that the report you bring back to church is important. I want you to know that what you tell God and what you tell the pastor is important. And uh, I, I, I don't want to hear that the Jericho's walls are too big. Hallelujah. Amen. And God don't want to hear that. Amen. And God doesn't want to hear that Samaria is a bunch of backsliders. Amen. Who've been divorced ten times and can't get their life together. That's not, that's not the report God wants to hear. Amen. God wants to hear. Hallelujah. 
there's victory inside those walls. Yeah, there's, yeah, they're big, but God's been working on those big walls. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you, God wants us to be a church of a good report. Hallelujah. Guess what? The people you're talking to, their lives are messed up. Amen. But that's not the report that God wants. Amen. God wants the report, hallelujah, that the harvest is ready. Hallelujah. She's on her fifth marriage. He's on his third marriage. Amen. He's ready. Hallelujah. Uh, and they are suicidal. They're ready. Hallelujah. They just filed for bankruptcy and lost their fourth home. They are ready. Hallelujah. Amen. They're, they're going through great turmoil. They are ready. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't, don't bring bad reports to God. Don't bring bad reports to the pastor. Amen. Talk about revival. Talk about growth. Talk about what God can do. Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. Give a good report. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Your report is important. We sang it tonight. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe. Hallelujah. The report of the Lord. And there is a report from Jesus coming from thousands of years ago to us today. The fields are white. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Let's lift our hands and pray. Hallelujah.